And welcome back to The Modern Witch. I'm your host, Devin Hunter. You're listening to us here on the Pagan Radio Network. And uh, boy, we are glad to be here, and we hope that uh, you are glad to have us here as well. So one of the things that we do, of course, is uh, send money to Pagan Radio. So I recommend and encourage a gentle donation being made to the Pagan Radio Network because you listen to them in your car, you listen to them at work, you listen to them while you're working from home, you listen to them all the time. So since you're listening to the show now, hey, it's a great time. Go to PaganRadio.net and uh, not only can you find out information about the show, um, but you can also make a little donation. Every little bit counts. Um, because it is the season of giving, and I know, uh, yeah, I went there. It's the season of giving. It's Pagan Radio. Help out. You can do that, too. Um, we've got an interesting show today. It's going to be a little different. I wanted to have a discussion um, about something that's that's maybe kind of a hot-button topic for people, and this is actually turning into a two-parter episode. So um, this is part one, and this is, good. This is actually a discussion about uh, being in circle and, and public circle. Um, as a pagan and some of the things that we come up against. And I've, I got, uh, of course, um, well, she's a show favorite, Heather Killen. Um, you, if, you've, if you've been listening to the show, you know who she is. Um, she is, the, of course, the uh, organizer of the Earth Warriors Festival in, in uh, Clarksville, Ohio, which is a phenomenal festival. She's also the mistress of awesomeness over at the Violet Flame Gifts, um, where she's owner-operator. She, she's just really amazing. She's everywhere. She's um, always vending. You have probably seen her if you go to festivals. Um, she's a really amazing priestess. So she came on um, to be talking about working with public and doing the public circles um, because she is is the hostess to many of them and the organizer of many of them as well. Um, and so from that planning perspective, and then we got uh, Teo Bishop and Teo Bishop comes on and I, I, I grilled him a little bit about uh, this uh, circle debacle that he got himself into um, with, with the interwebs when he wrote a post um, about um, how he was, was kind of, was, was well, a little, a little, felt a little awkward. When he went to his his one of his first uh, rituals, so it, it, it's an interesting show. Do stay tuned. Once again, you're listening to us here on the Pagan Radio Network. Um, light on the tunes today. Sit back, chill out. This is a fascinating discussion, um, and I'm just going to give you the raw, unedited um, conversation because there's there's some stuff in here. I think I think we all need to listen to, um, and we'll be right back with Heather Killen and Teo Bishop. And you're listening to The Modern Witch. I'm your host, Devin Hunter, and we're here on the Pagan Radio Network.
the wolf sky I felt the dark clouds falling An omen apparition Our the thunder rolling A howl preceded the storm We lay within the bird that lay upon the hillside We lay within its wing and we felt the bird within us And with the thunder rolling we left the ground for the sky Drank the dark clouds deeper and ran the wild moon hunting Alive with fur and feather as omen apparition We left the moon suspended and leapt back onto the ground Here on the Pagan Radio Network, you're listening to me, Devin Hunter, and I'm here with two really special guests, um, a show favorite, uh, Priestess Heather Killen from Ohio, the organizer for the Earth Warriors Festival, the owner and operator of Violet Flame Gifts, and uh, a very active priestess in the pagan community. And then my token druid friend... <laughs> Teo Bishop, uh, who's also a show favorite because it seems as though, Teo, when you were on, 
and this is no offense to you Heather or even to me really but when when Teo is on we we tend to get a kind of an influx in in people <laughs> well you know yeah. I, I I well that's great to know and it's also really uh, exciting to be a token druid I token think druid. I may have to uh, make a t-shirt that says uh, I am the token druid because please I, do I, I think that if you if you made if I made that T-shirt, I would feel like it would pop up at a lot of uh, cups gatherings across the country. Probably that would be cute. <laughs> that would, that would yes, I could see that happening. Um, so I, I I have these two these two with me because well, first of all, um, the topic of today's show is all about the the experience of of a pagan going to an open pagan circle, and I don't want to talk about you know, us having a, a, a grand spiritual experience. I, I, we want to talk about the, the things that actually happen to us that make us feel vulnerable or, or um, I don't know, maybe just even kind of approaching the idea of going to a public circle kind of apprehensive. Um, you know, what happens if somebody shows up? What happens if mm. something happens when, when we, and we feel uncomfortable? And and I say this because I, I recently was, was, was introduced to the Kirk Cameron crazy um, thing with him like infiltrating a druid ritual and and I was just I'm not a druid but I was offended and and I figured I should get a druid to <laughs> or at least somebody who who says yes this is my path to to at least comment on it and so so I definitely had to get Teo up in this so so I want to talk about that guys because Heather you do a lot of public rituals mm-hmm. and you organize a lot of the pagan public and Teo you recently on top of your druidness you recently. <laughs> Um, had had kind of a, an interesting thing happen with with uh, a public circle in, yes. in Colorado. Do you want to talk about that just real quick? Kind of summarize that for anybody who might not know. Uh, well, sure. Well, first, do you want me? To, uh, I can also tell you a little bit more in detail about what happened with Kurt Cameron because it's uh, while while it's sort of um, it continues to be relevant because he continues to be vocal and a sort of um, adversary of, of anybody besides evangelical Christians, um, this was really sort of a particular uh, moment when he jumped into the, the pagan world. And it was in 2006. He, he basically, I guess, sort of infiltrated a Druid ritual that was put on by Raven's Cry Grove, um, which is an, actually an, 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 a grove in ADF, an Ariakvane grove in Southern California. Um, they recorded the ritual. They, they, they lied about recording it when they were questioned. And then they... Um, they posted it online and, and basically sort of painted it to be this sort of uh, the very dangerous thing. And he, he sort of well, got out there by the, got out of the ritual by the skin of his teeth. There's a post on the wild hunt. If you go to wildhunt.org and search Kirk Cameron, um, a post called that time, Kirk Cameron infiltrated a Druid ritual. <laughs> and uh, it, it kind of gives you the rundown and a link to all of it. Um, it you know, it, it, public ritual. I've never really run public ritual. Um, I've been to a handful, and I'm happy to talk about um, the, the ones that I've been to. But my experience in them is that there is a sense of vulnerability in public ritual, and the people who put on public ritual, Heather, I know you have a lot of experience at this, um, are really putting themselves out there for the community and making themselves vulnerable, really, with the idea of of being a, a servant or a sort of service to the community. And um, I think it's, I just think it's in such poor taste <laughs> for anybody to, to go into someone else's religious um, ritual uh, deceitfully with the intent to, uh, to, to portray it in such a negative light, which is what he did. I mean, it, it, it's kind of old news, and, it, and I wish he was more old news, but, but you know, it, uh, the Raven's Cry Grove is still active and alive, and they're doing great work in Southern California. Good, good. Yeah, I know... Um... <laughs> 
Well, I mean, obviously, ritual doesn't translate well on film or audio. Um, you know, and that's just kind of one of those experiential moments, I think, for people. Um, but in this case, I, like I said, I, I felt offended. I, I just, I, I was sitting here, I was listening to it, and I'm going, are they really saying it? And it wasn't even necessarily, I mean, them infiltrating a ritual and, and recording it and then lying and Kirk Cameron. And th- th- this is all in, like, this Christian radio station anyway. So that's just, like, it's like an AM station, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, yeah, they're they're just you know they're out there and they're lying to the people and they're and they're advocating the fact that they had lied and they're saying you know oh well I told them I wasn't recording and then they just kind of end the segment and they go off but then what what's like a precursor to this is all of this like anti-gay hate speech mm-hmm. that leads into this this notion of them going into it and they keep saying oh well you can believe whatever you want to believe in. But the devil's behind it, and God says that blah 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 blah. But you can believe whatever you want to believe in. Fear mongering. Yeah, and and so you know, I I don't know. I I started practicing, and I started my my public um, kind of interaction in Ohio. You know, in this very um, well, Ohio is difficult when you're a pagan, and I know that Colorado. I mean, yeah, you've got Denver, you've got Denver, which is kind of this liberal kind of capital, from what I understand, is mm-hmm. it? And but outside of that that little home, that little nest, there's still well, sure. a vulnerability. Yeah, fo- Focus on the Family is based in Colorado Springs. And and if you, you know, if you go to any of the rural areas of Colorado, it, it's it's a lot more conservative, which is an interesting thing because sometimes you find in the rural areas of Colorado um, that there are people out there who have a real close connection to the land. And at the same time, their uh, religious affiliation can, can be with a, a religious organization that that you know doesn't, or, or or that's more interested on on sort of di- divisive religious politics, but um, but yeah. And Heather, do you find that to be the same in the in the Midwest? With well, just with, with the pagan community, it's and it's it's kind of relationship to um, us being kind of out there and having these Christians, you know, around and and you know, what is that experience um, like? Is that because you do a lot of traveling? I mean, with the shop yeah, too, so yeah. you're all up and down the Midwest and the East um, Coast. Ohio in particular is either um, they're either extremely open-minded or they're extremely conservative and we have a lot of people who are just um, blissful in their ignorance and hate mongering Mm -hmm. Uh, we have we tend to have more problems with evangelicals Mm -hmm. um, and they're just outright hatred and proselytizing and ready to, you know, burn witches for Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a mentality. It's it's really ugly in some places. I'm so protected because I, I, I now live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I live in my pagan bubble and in my gay bubble. So all of my, like, social needs are pretty much met just here. <laughs> I don't really need to venture out too much, but, um, but I'm not from here originally, and I've, mm-hmm. you know, and I traveled, and I've been all over this country and i i feel a little you know i i being an evangelical a reformed evangelical kind of being a, a born-again pagan um and, and kind of being raised in that you know looking into it you know of course there's a lot of healing that i think needed to happen for me and i know that just from from people who listen to the show that you know that transition and kind of finding yourself that's that's a difficult thing to process so there you are you're this you're this self-identified pagan you end up going and exploring the world of public ritual and you have something uncomfortable happen to you 
mm-hmm. or you experience um, a, a level of awareness about the community that you didn't have before you went in. And in Teo, you just had an experience that was kind of like this. Do you, I don't know if you want to summarize that real quick for everyone. Absolutely. Um, I, I wrote a post on my blog, Bishop in the Grove, called um, I Felt Ashamed at Pagan Pride. And um, the post was 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 written in October, uh, just after I attended a Pagan Pride Day celebration here in Denver. And um, it was sort of a reflection, um, or, or maybe even a reaction, uh, to my experience, my sort of subjective emotional experience in a public ritual in the middle of Civic Center Park in Denver. Um, so the, the, the ritual took place in a circle. Uh, it was done by a local group called uh, the Living Earth Center. Uh, and Living Earth, they, they, they do a lot of work here in Denver. Um, we had a follow-up piece about uh, the work that they do over on the Wild Hunt. Um, but but to sort of summarize my experience, I, th- there was this moment in, in the ritual, um, where, <laughs> you have to kind of imagine this for, for your, all of your listeners. I want you to imagine being in, in sort of on this concrete, uh, this big concrete circle around which is uh, sort of positioned these concrete stairs that sort of step their way up, a, sort of, it's, it's a kind of auditorium, an outdoor auditorium. Okay. And people are, are sitting all around the auditorium um, in clusters of two or three or five, and then some people are walking around because this is a public park, you know. Um, and, and they're watching, and, and, uh, and some people are clearly familiar with what's going on and just chose not to participate in ritual, and others have no idea what this is all about. Some people um, have a terrible idea about what they think this is about. Um, and I had this experience when I was, when I was in the middle of, of ritual and where it felt like, uh, it felt like being in this circle uh, in the middle of this little outdoor amphitheater um, created, from my perspective, a sense of an, the, what's happening on the inside and all that's happening on the outside. And it felt a little especially when I was watching the reactions of some of the people who were in the park, um, uh, people who weren't necessarily supportive of what we were doing. Um, uh, it, it felt like, it felt like an us and them had been created by the casting of a circle. Um, and I, I have to sort of in full disclosure, I'm, I'm a part of a tradition that doesn't cast circle mm-hmm. and it doesn't make casting a circle a part of, of its, its sort of ritual practice. And I'm, I'm totally aware of, of, sort of the fundamentals as to why people cast circle. I um, mean, you know, I had a lot of people reiterate that to me in the comments on the, uh, on the post on Bishop in the Grove about the sort of the need to cast circle in order to create a certain kind of magical environment and in order to build energy and contain it and all of these sort of principles which are fundamental to so many people. Um, but what I experienced, I, and part of this, I guess, is because it's, it's not fundamental to me, but what I experienced was the sort of um, the us and them factor happening, that there, there are people on the inside of the circle and this is where the religious stuff is happening. And there are people on the outside of the circle and you're not in, you're not a part of this necessarily. And it, it, it was the, 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 the outcry and response to the post was really um, powerful and kind of overwhelming in some ways. Wow. Uh, because I, because I, it's, it, I was sort of trying to process what I what I was seeing and what I the response that I got was that um, I think from some people read into this that, that I was really vicious to the to the person who was running the ritual or at the very least inconsiderate to them um, and, and not really taking into account where they were coming from and and, and and you know there's there's a there's credence to that I I I own up to the fact that before writing this post I didn't 
um, speak to the people who organized the ritual. It was more like, I'm, i got to figure this out. I have to process what this means to me. Um, and it ended up being a, a really big discussion on, uh, on the idea of, uh, of othering and how othering can happen when you don't even realize it's happening and, and how you can create these boundaries uh, that, that are meant to protect, but that, that they can end up creating antagonism. Um, and, and, and so that, that's, yeah, that's, that's how it happened. And, and I, you know, it's been a couple months now, um, you know, we're, we're speaking here in December and it's been a few months and only now do I feel like I've really kind of sort of come back from, from the reaction. I mean, there's 157 comments on my blog and I'd never had that kind of response to anything I'd written before. Yeah. So, um, so, so I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess what I'm hearing it, just from being somebody who's, who is familiar with, with the circles and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and I'll tell you, I don't, we, I mean, people who listen to the show know that, you know, I don't cast a, a whole lot of circles. There's times, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's not a necessity for me. And, and I don't think it's, it's something that needs to be forced on people or anything like that. Not that that was the, the case here, but what it sounds like to me is that you're somebody who, yes, you're pagan, but you're not Wiccan. Mm-hmm. Right, and you came to this public this public ritual. There were things happening that you weren't familiar with. There wasn't an effort that was really made to kind of introduce that and explain that to the, to the people who were around there. And then suddenly there was just this big group of pagans standing in a stone circle, and it was like you guys were like the spectacle in the park, and people were looking. And so, I mean, to me that would make for uncomf like a, like an uncomfortable ritual. And I know that there's like certain things like, you know, like we tend to, if we do a public ritual, we tend to put wards on the out to help kind of answer questions if something's going on, but really just let the people there kind of have their experience. But none of this was explained. See, and and that's that's a huge break in form right there, because um, when you do public ceremony, especially if you have different traditions coming together, different levels of experience coming together, um, we always do a, a ritual kind of preview mm-hmm. um, at the end of the meet and greet, right before we are getting ready to go into uh, ceremony or ritual. And I'll give a rundown of, look, this is what we're doing. This is, you know, mm-hmm. loosely how we're going to do it. This is what the focus is. This is how we're going to focus this. And, you know, if you feel uncomfortable at any time, please take a step back, but I also always have wards in mm-hmm. place and mm-hmm. people who help not just modulate and keep an eye on is everybody doing okay in ceremony mm-hmm. and protect the ceremony, but also to, to help um, with the outside so that innocent passer buyers, mm-hmm. you know, aren't influenced by whatever energy that we're doing so that that isn't infringing on their free will at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that, that does make sense. And, and that wasn't, you know, it's funny, I talked to the, the, the leader of the ritual um, after uh, the post went up. When I saw the, the sort of the way that the post was going viral, um, I called her and I said, you know, we don't, we haven't met, per, you know, and I want to tell you a little bit about myself and I want to tell you about what I wrote and this sort of the, the conversation that's, that's, that's coming out of all of this. And she explained a little bit about where she was coming from, uh, before the ritual started and why there wasn't, um, as much of a, of a, of a sort of pre-ritual briefing and that that location changed. And there were, there were a bunch of things that happened in the, the 15 to 20 minutes prior to the ritual, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that didn't really get discussed. Um, and, and, and that no one knew about and which I didn't know when, you know, when I had this experience, all I experienced as was that, that, you know, we had created a kind of, um, out there 
by casting the circle. And, and that there's a way in which it closed people off, but but only kind of symbolically because they could see and hear what was going on, but th- they were outside of it. And it just it just felt like a, a sort of strange experience to me. I think that from a from an organizational standpoint, there you know the things that you guys are saying um, that you could put into place seem like they would be really useful and um and and, and may have made it feel like a more comfortable environment or, 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 you know, possibly me stepping back and not having been a part of it. Um, you know, I I wouldn't have had this experience certainly. Well, okay. Here's my thing. So Teo, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I, I feel like, and, and perhaps I'm, I'm just misinterpreting, but I, I I, can, you didn't, we don't really talk too much unless I'm like texting you saying, Hey, come on my show. But, um, (laughs) It, I, I watched all of that and I watched like the fallout because if people, well, we just know pagans, pagans really like to speak up when they feel they have an opinion. And that, and that yeah. is like every other culture. It's more so in our culture. People who listen to my show know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But the thing, so here we are. And, you know, you, you just got completely from my perspective, it looked like people were just like using you as the whipping boy and yeah and not in a good way right right so <laughs> not even in a yeah he, they, even, <laughs> there was no safe word and they didn't um, even tip yeah. him yeah I, yeah there were some there were some mean people yeah there were some people who who people who had never commented on my blog which which i've created in a lot of ways to be a space for for safe dialogue uh, a place was a place where people with different uh, different perspectives can share uh, their experiences in, in the comment section and people who had never been a part of that stepped in. It was as though they stepped into the room and, and started barking. And that yeah. was, that was new for me. That was new. Yeah. Well, that, that's a lot of people who don't know each other stepping into the room, wanting two to be in. the voice. Let me throw in of my reason. two cents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion. Cents. No one's got an answer. Yeah. So say if the internet. Coffee with all yes. our two cents. Yes. Well, and I also, and you know, I also idea. sort of became for some people, uh, a, a sort of symbol of, what they don't like about bloggers or what they don't like about people who are sharing their personal experiences. People who didn't know anything about my blog made some really big sweeping statements about me in the comments of, of who they thought I was based on this one post. Assumptions. Uh, and assumptions. And, and, you know, that it happens. And, you know, I, I while th- there were some moments where I was finding myself taking it really personally, I had to step back and, and try to get some perspective on it. it. It's something I don't, you know, it's funny. These people don't often, they don't come back really to the blog. And there are people who come in and made some, some vicious statements or made some sort of mean uh, statements to me. And, and then they never came back, you know. And, and so, so in, in a way, that, that's okay. And um, I, all I can do really, even in, in being a sort of moderator of the own discussions on my blog, is just to try to present the kind of voice uh, through the text that that I wish people would present in, in sharing their perspectives. Does that make sense? Be the example. Yeah. Yeah. Rise yeah. Above. He, he oh, he's so sweet still. Like he, <laughs> like I I don't I just I remember being on on Christian Day's show like a year half year and a half ago and and he's I was with Rowan and mm-hmm. who who will have we'll talk about Rowan later on because there's good news about Rowan folks, but um, we, we were on the show and he said, you know, gosh, Devin, you sound a lot more enthusiastic about the future of our community than, 
you know, and, and I thought to myself, well, that's, that's, that's not true. I think a lot of people are optimistic about the future. And then I got hate mail and like death threats <laughs> from people who, I mean, I think we got, at some point we, we get to a place as a culture where we became way too personal with each mm-hmm. other. Like we just didn't re- we, we, we take, take things, things yeah. personally. we can't take things personally because people are out there to push those buttons. And, well, mm-hmm. nine times but, out of 10, it's really not yeah. about you anyhow. That's damn true. That's damn true. Yeah. So anyway, so circles, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. See the modern witch pagan radio. Here you are. Um, so I, I so as as a pagan who's going to these rituals because we got a lot of folk who are folk. God, my Midwestern's coming out, isn't it? Yeah. We have a lot of people who listen to the show who are listening to pagan radio and and are going to the two outdoor festivals. And we're gonna give you guys a second, or we're gonna give you guys a chance in just a second to actually give us a call and tell us what your thoughts are, and we'll put those on the show next week. Okay. Um, but uh, but definitely, here we are. We're pagans. We're going to these circles and we're going to these community events. And there's that vulnerability that we we end up holding. And and yeah, you can put these things in place. But what should you, as the the participant? What should you, as the, that individual who is just going to that ritual, not knowing anybody from Adam, right? It's, it's your first ritual. You, you're not really too familiar with their form and, and those kinds of things. What do you need to be doing to kind of just helping yourself keep yourself protected, to keep yourself from, from taking too much crap, you know, from, mm-hmm. from other things? And I mean, like, what can we do as we're going into these things to put some armor up to mm-hmm. keep ourselves mentally, verbally, you know, well, I think all those armor's things protected. a great word for it. Armor, yeah. You know, um, a lot of our um, ritual wear and our talismanic wear and amulets and things like that that trigger that ritual consciousness when we're getting ready to go into ceremony, those are forms of armor. And just shifting your awareness into that ritual state that opens things up but at the same time you know you've got you've got your divine armor on your soul's out uh-huh. you know it doesn't mean you're allowing people to feed off of you but you let your light shine a little brighter in that moment and shift your vibration <laughs> right you now right absolutely um and especially in public ceremonies a lot of times you'll see people who are just way just open and vulnerable and they don't know how to really contain their own space and you'll mm-hmm. you'll see feeders mm-hmm. come right up to them and then you know people get tired and drained and dizzy and overwhelmed and things mm-hmm. like that and it's public ceremonies can be like the energetic olympics sometimes mm-hmm. with who's high and who's low and mm-hmm. and teo is there anything after you've you've had this experience is there anything that you would do kind of going to the next public circle what, what what is there anything you would do now maybe that that you wouldn't have thought to do beforehand well yeah i think so but but first i i kind of like to speak to this idea about armor and this idea of needing to create protection for oneself there's a way in which in in the reflections and the writing that i did around the i felt shamed at pagan uh, ashamed at pagan pride post that 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 sense of needing to create uh, some sort of a spiritual barrier between you and the people who are you're sharing this public space with, that's part of what made me uncomfortable. Part of what made me uncomfortable is this idea of moving moving forward with the need to protect oneself. It, 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 because I think in doing that, um, there's this, y- you position people as potential adversaries. And they may be, I mean, they may prove to be, but, but moving forward with this idea of having to protect oneself 
I find that actually to be kind of antithetical to to a public a kind of connectivist ritual. Oh, I would agree. Do, does that make agree. sense? Absolutely, but it's not it's not so much about armor for the sake of of things kind of being thrown at you to, and you know putting this distance between you and somebody else. It's the idea of I'm going to go into a ritual and I'm going to and you and you know hey be as open as you can be and talk to as many people as you can and and really let yourself have that experience at the same time realize you're going out in public and that you're going to go to a pagan you're you're going to go to a pagan event out in public. And so if you're going to show up you know, get yourself kind of prepared for that. And that's kind of my thing. I mean, because it takes time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the biggest thing for me, especially if, if you're new, if you're like you're jumping into the, the big and festival scene is you, you really you end up discovering so many things about yourself through the conversations that you have with people. Mm-hmm. And you end up having like just a lot of wonderful, wonderful experiences. How I met you, Heather, you know, was on the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. So I... I, to me, it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to go to these festivals and to go to those things. And, and I, I've hosted many a public ritual and, and I will continue to because I love to do those things. I just know that when I go in, there is a – I feel – nervous i feel i know that there's there's uh you know if i'm if we're at the park right across and we have this beautiful park across from the store mm-hmm. and uh over the the summertime one of the groups i work with had a uh, just a little bit of a drum circle out there and we invited you know if anybody was welcome to come there was no circle cast it was just us sitting down we had prayed to the corners and we were just chilling out doing our thing and people totally came and went and people were glad to kind of stand there and, and look at the the group of people drumming in the park you know but hey this is san francisco everyone's used to that right um but i also know that growing up in the midwest i didn't have that experience you know i'd, I'd show up to the park and even if you know and and yeah, hell in ohio's case the the parks had like sacred burial mounds you know in them and and so we go to these parks we would do ritual and you'd get, you know, the, the group of people who had no concept of what it is. And to them, it's the, oh, the, the pagans are out here doing things in the park. You know, it makes them uncomfortable. And if you're going to go have your, your spiritual experience, you're going to go do those things, you you need to at the very least be have something there to help translate that and cope with that for yourself. And if that's, if that's armor and that's what you need because you're – you know, you've been spiritually burned in the past from working with whatever group or whatever those things are. You're worried about that judgment. It's hard for people to open up and have the experience. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I probably maybe I mis- mistook too much um, with that idea of, of, you know, having to put this armor on. I'm not saying you're going to no, war. No. It's no, just I, no, and I hear what you're saying. And I, I know I, I didn't, I don't think I misread that. I, there's a way, I mean, that it seems accurate. And I get exactly the the sort of rationale behind doing that. And, and I, in, in certain situations, um, have, have, that I've been in and felt the need to kind of keep on guard a little bit or be protective or sort of just certainly be centered and conscious and project only what I, I felt I needed to and not let people in all of those things. Um, I guess there's a way for me that I'm not sure, uh, I don't, I don't know how I would go into another public ritual setting. I'm not sure this whole experience and the kind of uh, the, the discussion that erupted afterward for me, mm, yeah. um, it, it, it didn't feel, I don't feel like I'm damaged from it, but I do feel like I, uh, I feel like it's given me a lot to think about. And I don't know that I would casually take part, um, without having some more conversations about 
about public ritual. And even for example, like like you said, when you, do, you went to the to the park and you you did your ritual without casting circle, and everyone gathered, that idea of a public ritual I think would make me feel different to me than a casting a circle in, in public or a space where there is an altar that's at the center of a group, but no need to define the clear parameters of the group. That may feel like a different kind of ritual to me. Those simple choices in geometry may make a real big difference to whether or not it, it feels like I'm participating in something that's um, insular or something that's based in the community. I mean, in part, I feel like doing something in public, especially anything that has a kind of uh, magical intent or purpose, there needs to be sort of discussion about the, the, the real relevance of doing that. Certain things can be done in circle. I, I presume from the, what I know of my Wiccan friends and the people that I've read, that, that can't be done the same way outside of circle because of what happens when you create circle. I have a book on my shelf, Evo Dominguez Jr. wrote about all these different kinds of ways to cast. So I know that it's like, as, in terms of a magical technology, that, that it's something to be used. But when you have a ritual in public, I think it's worth having a discussion about um, what the, the fact that you're in public should it kind of has its own intent, even if you want to try to accomplish something else. Like you being public is its own um, magical act, even if you don't do ritual. Being representatives of yourself in public, do you want to do that by setting up booths of your of pagan wares and selling? Is, is that your representation of who we are in public, or are we going to have what you have in your community, like drum circles or or teachings? Or I mean, th there are plenty of examples I think in the history of of the paleo pagans of of ways that that people gather to to have discussions of uh, philosophy and practice and religion and all of those things, that can be an expression of sort of pagan gathering in public. I think my experience with this ritual in, uh, and, and at the Pagan Pride uh, event in Denver made me wonder whether or not a casting circle should be the gold standard of public ritual for all of pagandom, because not only are we diverse to the point where we don't all do that, but there was something about that geometry that created an us-them. That's what it felt like for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that you two especially have probably much more experience than me, and I'm sure some of your listeners have more experience in the, the variety of ways that are also valid, just as casting a circle is a, a valid religious technology, um, to, to do to gather in public and do something that can can be ritual can be a pagan ritual that um, that doesn't sort of create those those barriers does that make sense absolutely Teo. but but the the whole thing is is that I think people who are so used to putting on rituals I think that they forget that there's people who aren't exposed to the same levels of things and that, yeah. and it, because it, you know, like my thing, like doing readings, I, I sit around and I do readings all freaking day. That's my job, you know? And I, there's times where I forget that it isn't second. It isn't like a secondary nature to other people. And it's just that, a different vocabulary. right. And so when we go to go have these experiences, I think your, your, your opinion and your experience was so valid because you're like the perfect kind of example for me the token druid <laughs> the token druid that's right the token druid vlogger <laughs> who you know you you went you had this experience and then you came back and you processed it and and people didn't like it and hello that's the internet people aren't going to like everything we say we we know that um, and i know that you're not too you know you're not too kind of uh, you know hurt over it but i still think your your opinion's so important which is why i'm like let's let's have him on the show you know, your opinion is so important because you went and it isn't your normal. It isn't your everyday. And you could have been somebody who was random in that park 
you know, for all anybody else, anybody else knew. And you mm-hmm. went and you had this experience. You came back on your blog where you talk about your spirituality and your spiritual experiences, and yet talked about your spiritual experience. And then people got upset. Well, that's okay. That's 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 their thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I think your opinions is totally valid. I think I think actually we need to get our heads out of our butts a little bit and and remember that we all have work to do, mm-hmm. and that uh, it isn't so easy for everybody. It isn't second nature to everybody. And I guess that's my thing because I know I think the awkwardness that I felt is that oh if i could just like go up and explain to these people what's going on they probably would 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 you know at least respectively walk away i haven't really ran into any like screaming crazy you know westboro baptist church people or anything so i mean so far i'm doing pretty good um i know there's been some concerns you know from from people and we'll talk about that after the break but uh you know there i I just think your opinion is totally valid uh, and i think that I, i we it was a good thing to be written when it was well, I, I appreciate that. Say. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I don't. I guess I don't. I guess I don't have the same viewpoint that other people had. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I thought it well, was good. Well, I mean, I could get somebody being upset, and, and I, I could get that. You know, if that was written and, and and you know you took that to a personal level, but I also think it's important to be able to be like, oh, okay. And it's not like he was going, oh, this person, and here's her address, and you right. know. Yeah, so I'm sorry, Teo. On behalf of the of the oh. other pagans, <laughs> no, I'm you sorry. don't. You don't have to apologize because there's a way that I feel from my perspective. E- even the comments that were difficult, um, even the comments that that um, that read me in a way that I think is kind of inconsistent with the ethic that I uh, I live by as a writer and that I write by on my blog, Bishop in the Grove. Um, I, there, there were moments in the conversation that I would not have, um, I, I wouldn't exchange. I wouldn't. Have, I mean, I, I'm, va- I'm really glad that we had those conversations. I feel like people were able to clarify why circles are really valid for them, and why, why it means a lot for them to be able to cast circle in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I, and I heard from people who are members of ADF, for example, a tradition that doesn't um, cast circle, that, that were able to talk about why why they moved away from casting circle and that this this sort of experience was one that they had as well and then between those there are all sorts of other perspectives about um what it means to be uh, a religious person in public and whether or not when you're doing that your responsibility is to uphold the the specificities of your tradition or if it's to serve the public somehow and to be a kind of ambassador or to to be a servant i mean they're all these are questions and discussions that i think we should be having mm-hmm. because as as with any religious group and there are people who are practicing pagans who might not think of themselves as religious necessarily, but I think we are. Um, if you have a regular spiritual practice, that's, that's kind of the makings of a religion. Um, you, you do that publicly. There's a question about what the function is of doing it publicly. If it's to be visible, if it's to represent yourself, or if it's to do something that is to provide a service so that so, so that everyone's benefit. I think every time that pagans get together and do a huge drumming circle and everybody starts to dance – or, or there's a you know there's something musical that happens or something that's so um, universal even with its it being specifically pagan that people who don't identify as pagan can can enjoy it and participate in it and be enriched by it that's a kind of service that's provided from a people who do ritual in all of these different ways um, so I think even though I may have come off like I was the whipping boy to some people who wrote mean comments. I think this post and, and all of the posts that have, have sparked conversation on Bishop in the Grove and at the Wild Hunt, um, it's valuable because we shouldn't make assumptions about the, the agreements that we make 
both as individuals, as solitary practitioners, and also as people of, in the group. We need to be discussing these agreements we made, the agreements we make about who we are, about what we believe, about how we practice, about what our role is. I feel like our responsibility is to actually have open dialogue and, and to try to learn to have respectful dialogue about... Uh, uh, about those agreements. So I, I think I feel good about it. I, I feel at the end of the day, with three months distance, <laughs> I, feel, I feel all right about it. <laughs> well, all right. Well, well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm and, glad to hear that. And thank you for giving, you know, it's, it's nice. This is sort of the first time that I've, um, that I've been invited to have a conversation about it. And it, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity and also glad that that, that you know, it feels it doesn't feel like a heavy subject anymore. You know that that feels good. Well, good. Well, good. All right, folks, stay tuned. Um, you can, of course, uh, find out more about Teo and his awesome blog by going to bishopinthegrove.com. And um, stay tuned. You're listening to us here on the Pagan Radio Network. When you come back, you're gonna we're gonna tune into uh, Miss Heather Killen here. We're gonna talk about some of the uh, the the dangerous kind of things that we've kind of run into as as pagan ministry and, and how we can kind of mm. move beyond things and help educate. So um, lots of fun here today as we're talking about paganness here on the pagan radio network <laughs> stay tuned pagan 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 pagan, pagan. <laughs> join me
Welcome back to the Modern Witch here on the Pagan Radio Network. Um, all right, so like I said, we ended up making this a two-part episode. Um, so definitely tune into us next week, and you can well kind of hear what came of the rest of the discussion. We're going to play a little bit of the Way of the Master Radio um, bit there with Kirk Cameron when he infiltrates a druid ritual. If you've never heard this, do stay tuned. Um, I think it makes for good radio, but hey, that's me. Um, also, if you are interested um, in sharing with the listeners of The Modern Witch um, your story about your pagan ritual experience, um, maybe things maybe you, you did and, and maybe you weren't expecting or you, you ran into something that maybe made you feel uncomfortable, um, or, or maybe you had a really great experience uh, when you were introduced to the idea of public ritual. Um, so give us a call. Um, and how you do this, it's really simple, folks. Go to modernwitchonline.com, click the contact page, and then there's a button right there on the page that says say or it says call me. And what that is is that's the say something witchy. So give us a call, um, leave us a message, and tell us your story. So all you got to do is, like I said, go to modernwitchonline.com, click uh, call me, the say something witchy button that's going to be right there on the contact page and uh, maybe you'll be on modern witch next week so guys thanks once again everyone you are wonderful if you're interested in the music from tonight's show uh, you can go to modernwitchonline.com it'll all be there and uh, yeah well lots of love and thanks once again for listening to us here on the pagan radio network and remember it is never too late to give just a small donation um, to help keep this wonderful organization well i don't know what, it, what the radio station internet radio station is it an organization we should question that i don't know 
but Pagan Radio is pretty freaking cool. So um, every little bit counts, and uh, you know, hey, we appreciate it. So lots of love to everyone. I will catch you next week. Uh, and so tune in, Pagan Radio, Pagan, 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 out.